I'm Luca Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. Yeah. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the back. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member at MavsMoneyball.com. And I am joined, as always, by my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com, who I'm staring down on the bench. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? <laughs> what a fun win. That was, that was such a fun atmosphere. And, I mean, the place was electric tonight. And that... Boogie, woogie, woogie. I don't know. It's just one of the most uh, more fun games of the, of the season. And Luca and Dirk and... Kind of a vintage Dirk tonight. Big win, too. I mean, over an Indiana team mm-hmm. that has been playing pretty well without Fourth Oladipo. Fourth best team in the East and, right now. Yeah. In the triumphant return of Wesley Matthews. Wesley, let me be De'Aaron Fox real quick. Matthews. Is, is De'Aaron Fox's hair, hair that big? Yes. Well, not as big, but it is big. And he has the head, and he has the ninja headband, too. That's his thing. That's true. Somebody wrote about those ninja headbands recently. That feels but. like a Tom Haberstroh piece. Ooh, that's my guess. I don't know off the top of my head. That's who I think. Oh, Haberstroh, he does. So seem like do that. today on the podcast, obviously, we will talk about the Mavericks' triumphant victory at home over the Indiana Pacers. We will talk about that. There's a lot of different things to unpack in there. Um, we got some audio from Dirk. Isaac got audio from Dirk. We also got some audio from Luca. So we'll hear from them and. Um, Dirk is 69 points away from passing Wilt Chamberlain. Nice. 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 You think he's going to do it? Of course. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're making an, uh, an effort at this point. He, he's, uh, he, it's like he's found a groove and, you know, he talked a little bit about that and just, he, he's found a little groove now. This is what, two straight games. He scored double digit points, I think. And, Hit three threes tonight. I mean, they and they were they were nothing but net. <laughs> they were uh, they were beautiful and yeah, I, yeah. I think he'll hit it, and I, I think he'll hit it. Um, not in the last week of the season. Yeah, he's gonna hit it in a different way, like an upside down kind of way. That's how he'll hit it. <laughs> it won't be the last. Uh... He's just gonna lay down, and he's gonna hit that record and <laughs> end it. I'm not. I'm not even going to entertain that. <laughs> I set it up for you early and you didn't go for, you just went for the straight answer. So I had to throw something in there, man. We'll, we'll talk about Dirk starting a little later because he answered that. He answered a question about that, but it was, it was very different. Uh, and it felt like he was, it, it felt like he was not detrimental to the team, which I was reading uh, Tim Cato of the athletic. He has like this column that he's doing weekly about the Mavericks. And he's talking about how he's talking about the, the doc rivers thing. And it seems like, you know, how the, how the NBA is pushing Dirk out and all this stuff. And, and he was like, it's kind of for the best because for the first time in his career, like since his rookie year, he's been bad for the team playing wise. Right. And we, we discussed this a little bit. It's anything we get from Dirk is kind of icing on the cake or cherry on top or whatever. But the last couple of games, he's been positive. He's been good for this team. Yeah. I, I don't like ever saying Dirk is bad for the team. That's just basketball wise. Just, the way he plays, how he contributes his production on the court. Okay. 
I'm just we're just talking about that. That was the only thing that Cato was trying yeah. to say. Well, yeah. I mean, there there are obviously issues you want me on to the, pull the def- quote. I can pull the quote. Uh, there's obviously issues on the defensive end, and that's the, you know, that's that's a you know a con if you're doing pros and cons he's gonna have issues on the defensive end and especially when they switch and teams get him in the switch and stuff like that and but he's always going to have the shot and yeah but But he wasn't really he wasn't really hitting them that much for the past years no 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 (laughs) this this season oh i thought you meant for the past couple of seasons no no he's literally just talking about this he Okay. So this, okay, is the, okay. this is the actual quote from Tim Cato, so I don't, you know, I don't misrepresent it. It's probably for the best, though. Nowitzki, for the first time since his rookie year, hurts more than he helps when he's on the floor. It's painful to write that. That's what okay. That's what Cato said. That's that's the point he was trying to make. Okay. So yeah. So he was talking about like when he was first coming back from his injury. You know, him being out those first twenty games or whatever. And yeah, I mean, even Dirk talks about how rough that was for yes. him and those first few weeks and a month or so and. Yeah, I mean, he had to get his shot back and stuff, but he still spaces the floor. He still is a threat and stuff like that. So, And the last couple of games, he's been good. Yeah. I mean... Back that, to last year, Dirk. That's where that's where you, you, you really ask yourself, like, man, what if you had this this type of season from Dirk, you know, throughout the whole season? I think that was... I think going in originally, you know, that's what they all envisioned. How he's played these past few games of him coming off the bench and hitting three or four threes a game and, you know, trying to get 10 points a game, something like that. I think that's what they envision, you know, and sprinkling in these setting out some back-to-backs or, you know, getting some rest days and all that stuff. But like he's talked about a thousand times this year, the injury threw everything off. And it just coming back in that rehab and then he had the setback and that that just kind of threw the whole timeline off and it pushed really his training camp, preseason, everything back into like the middle of the season to where now it feels like he's really starting to hit some type of stride for him. For sure. For sure. And it's awesome to see that. It's you got to love when Dirk's hitting shots, man. I mean, it's the Oh, there's there's nothing like I mean it's super fun to see Luca uh hit his uh, hit his shots and stuff and those big moments and hear the crowd just gasp and but nothing rivals Dirk. There's nothing that rivals a Dirk three-pointer. There's nothing that rivals uh, that will ever rival Dirk being the anchor of the starting lineup uh when announced before the game. And when you know the starting lineups were announced tonight, you know Luca was first. And it, you know, went down the line and, you know, you, you can't, you can't help. I mean, I, I'm in, I'm sitting in the press box and you just get those like chills, man. If you're invested into the franchise into being a Mavs fan and you hear Dirk's name called last and something that you've heard for years, but obviously hadn't been starting this year and you hear it at home, you hear the rumble, the crowd and, and the PA guy and Dirk running, coming out and it's like it. You really, you just have to remind yourself that we're not going to get this much longer, and you really try to soak it up as much as you can, every little moment. For sure, for sure. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, let's discuss uh, Luca in this game and Jalen Brunson. Man. Mm. All right, Isaac. Luca in this game, his final game as a teenager. Do you care about any of those statistics at all? Um, no. I don't. I care about the rookie stuff. If it's in your first year, yes, I care about that. Teenager yeah. stuff, yeah. Okay, cool. I mean, and like, a, I see a stat, and I'm like, oh, cool, and then move on. And then you move on. Right, right. 
it's impressive, but then you know you're. I mean, I'm not taking it into the you know when we talk about how you know Luca's Hall of Fame credentials, we're not gonna be like, man, he was the yeah. first guy. <laughs> Did you know at first 19 to, <laughs> to ever do that? Um, so Luca in this game, 26 points, 10 boards, seven assists, and Jalen Brunson, 24 points, three boards, five assists, three steals. The the rookie combo was. I mean, they were hitting it all cylinders tonight. Yeah, uh, Brunson, I. I can't praise Jalen Brunson enough, and I, I don't want to. I don't want to talk a ton on him because it's going to ruin a bunch of my content that's coming up pretty soon. Um, I'm working on a bigger thing on him, so. But that, that's it, written. That's a different medium, Isaac. I know, but once it comes out, then I can we'll talk probably about do a it. podcast on the piece once it comes out. But it, it's. Uh, but yeah, just what what the Mavs have gotten out of him uh, being the 33rd pick and. Just how good he has played this year is it kind of gets looked over. And um, to kind of tease the piece, some you know, we're always going to look back on this draft, the 2018 draft, as a Luka Doncic draft. But over time, we might see it as a one of the better drafts in franchise history, not just because of Luka, but because of Jalen Brunson, also. Like, remember and, that draft the Warriors had when they got, I think, wasn't it Clay, Draymond, and Festus Zeely when Festus Zeely was really good? They're, they got them all in the same draft. I think Harrison was with Draymond. No. Was it Clay? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm, I'm pretty sure they got they got both of those guys on the same day. I, I could be wrong about that, but I'm pretty sure Harrison was by himself. Okay. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, the Warriors look back and say, we got two big pieces of of a title team. And now are you telling me uh, Jalen Brunson will be um, what Draymond Green is for the Warriors? I don't know if he'll ever be that. Okay, but you're right. What? It was you're right. They got, they got Barnes at 7, they got Festus at 30, and they got Draymond at 35. So, But either way, I mean, you're getting two pieces of a championship team, so – yeah, I mean that that's what um, that's where I think we can see our view and our thought thought process look at this draft and when we look back on this draft it's not all going to be about Luka in my opinion. I think it will be looked at of that's the year that we didn't land just a superstar talent, but we landed a superstar and a very key rotational like key piece to our future also in Jalen Brunson. It's like if they got Dirk and JJ in the same draft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good comparison. Which is that? I mean, those are the players we've compared both of them to this, <laughs> this yeah. whole season, pretty much. Yeah, that's a great comparison. And we could, I could say, and praise Brunson all day, but we will in, in the future. We'll do that definitely in the future. Uh, Lucas, Lucas, step back and all that stuff at the very end was was excellent. You just gotta love it, man. Yeah, you know, I originally and I tweeted I originally thought that the stare down was to Corey Joseph and because there are a few plays during the game in which Corey Joseph and like it seemed like him and Joseph were kind of I don't know, a little extra uh, physicality and stuff. And so when he hit that last three and he just stood there and stared at the bench, I thought for sure that he was looking at Joseph. And you can even look at Joseph on the bench because I, I was watching Joseph. And Joseph, it looked like he kind of pointed at Luca with his like uh, with his like left arm and was like, okay, this guy. And then just like put his arm down. This guy. And uh, But then obviously after the game, Luca said that um, – it was an assistant coach that he was staring at. Yeah, yeah. let's go ahead and hear that audio. So this is Luca. He's going to talk about Wes first, uh, playing against Wes, and then he will uh, talk about who he was staring down after that last step back. 
How fun was it to go against Wes out there tonight? Oh, amazing. You know, he, he's my guy, you know. He was talking a lot in the game, so it was really fun. When you hit that late three-pointer, you looked like you were looking at someone on the Pacers bench. Yeah, it was assistant coach. You know, he was talking a lot during the game, so <laughs> then he didn't talk that much. <laughs> It was it was an assistant coach. He was talking a lot, and then when I hit that, he wasn't talking so much. <laughs> Which is, you know, it, it's kind of weird because, to my understanding, not a lot of assistant coaches talk trash to players on the court, and so I, I wonder. We unless don't they know had a prior. Unless they have experience together, you know. Yeah, you know, and that that was kind of like thrown at us, and uh, actually by another. The lockdown Pacers guy, Tony East, we were talking to him about it, and he had mentioned that there was a, a guy on staff that had a pass with, with Luca. And um, the only thing I'd say that is that Luca just seems like the type of guy. And if you saw, see his facials in that, um, when he said that comment in the locker room after the game, Luca just seems like the type of guy. If it was somebody he had a pass with, he would have mentioned him by name and, or at least been like jokey about it and like, oh, yeah, that's, you know, so and so from like my, the Hornet you know. Gomez brothers or Igor, you know, somebody like that that he has a pass with. Yeah, so so at this moment that we're we were recording the pod, uh, we don't know a hundred percent who that assistant coach was. I, I, it was definitely a talk in the locker room. Other reporters were were all talking about who it was, who they thought it was. Everybody had their like opinion and theory <laughs> on who it was. So so there's three assistant coaches, right? One is former Mavs great Popeye Jones. That yeah, that was a uh, that was a key person that people were were talking about because you had kind of the the veteran reporters like, man, that's. You know that's just not like Popeye, Popeye, and it's like that he's just not that type. And uh, but then some people are like, man, it looked like it was directed at him, and so so there's three know. assistant coaches. They're all sitting there on the bench. They're all sitting together. I went back and watched this over and over again. I was trying to do put my investigative hat on, uh, picked up my my Sherlock Holmes pipe and, and cape, and then there's then there's a guy named Bill Baino. If you watch, if you go back and watch it again, he's a darker skinned guy. I think he's sitting in between the two other assistant coaches. And then there's a guy named Dan Burke. He's the bald guy sitting on the far left of all three of the assistant coaches. They're all sitting in a row. Dan Burke looks like he's the guy that's talking the most. He puts his hand up to his mouth. I don't know if he's calling out defensive alignments or things like that, but he's the one that talks the most. But then when Luca hits that three, he steps back and hits the three. Bill Baino, the darker skinned guy on the, on the right, just completely collapses in his chair. <laughs> He falls backwards. His head flings back behind behind his chair, and he just like slinks in, <laughs> into his chair. So it could have been either of them. It's just so funny that an assistant coach was was talking smack to Luca, and then he hits that shot and just completely completely takes the wind out of their sails, and then gave him a loss too. Gave him that L. Yeah. Take that L. <laughs> Take that L on your way out. You know, I think I think I would choose a different person to talk trash to if I was an assistant. Just. It- they almost reacted the same way when Jalen Brunson hit that step back too at the end. <laughs> that step back by Brunson was nasty. He's been doing this step back in the paint where he'll yeah. he'll drive in, he'll spin around, then he'll step back. And he's been doing it in the paint. And I was almost going to tweet tonight, eventually Jalen will take that step back and move it out to three, and he will have a, a consistent step back too because in the paint it looks really good, and he hits it most of the time. He has a huge arc on his shot when he gets into the paint, spins, step back. And then he just hit one. <laughs> he just hit a step back three right there, right when I was about to tweet that. So uh, that's that's definitely a, a something that we've seen from him. And now he's he's taking it all the way back to the three point line. I mean, this is his rookie year. I know he was in college for four years, but 
man, he's still got time to develop too. And there's just so much stuff that he's going to learn. And it's exciting to see these two guys. Do, yeah, you think, well, do you think Brunson is the, the starting point guard next year? Or do you think the Mavs have to find somebody to take that spot? I think, it, I think that's just up for grabs. I don't, I don't know. It just depends on who they, who they get in free agency and, you know, just who, what their order is in free agent targets. You know, if they do go after Dragic, like we, we've speculated a lot, you know, Brunson obviously wouldn't start with Dragic, but um, you never know. I mean, if they get go the wing route, they could, you know, with Luca running the point guard spot, you know, hypothetically, you don't, you know, you can start Brunson, but then you could start two other wings with him also. So there's a lot of flexibility. So I don't know if he's not starting next year. He's, he's proven this year. He is a, one of the first guys off the bench. So that's then, happening. Then you have the question of, do you play him with JJ? How do you do that? Well, how do you distribute minutes in that way? Uh, JJ will probably miss the beginning of the season. I'm guessing yeah. at least maybe the first month or so. And so yeah. we'll have that time for Brunson, you know, to continue to shine, but that'll be a question. We'll continue to probably monitor the minutes of, of Brunson and JJ together. Remember all of the, the Dennis Smith jr. And JJ minutes, how they would equal exactly 48, I feel like it might be a similar thing to that, but that's that's definitely all in the future. Well, I think Brunson can uh, play off the ball <clears throat> a little bit better than Dennis. <clears throat> can we can we go back to that original comment back at the very beginning of the season? I mean, we're talking like in the very first few weeks of the season, and I was talking to that national reporter, and he told me he was like, "Just watch out for Jalen Brunson because there's a lot of talk among media." that he already fits this team better than Dennis Smith Jr. And at that time, I was like, man, that's a lot for I mean, Jalen. Like, the Mavs love Jalen, and you know, but he's still a second-round pick, and we just spent top-10 pick on Dennis and like all this stuff. And then, oh, yeah, yeah, we get it. But just, just, just remember that as the season goes along and see how he fits. And that guy was right. <laughs> I mean, I, I think I, I was with him at the time as far as fit. And the, the fit was the, always the thing, which we don't have to go revisionist history on this and say, you know, the fit with Dennis Jr. is not great. But Brunson, hit the archetype of the player that he is, is a better fit with Luka and this whole team than Dennis was. It's just, yeah, it, it's it's two different types of point guards. Uh, both of them like to score, but it's just a difference of when you – Brunson played three years at Villanova and – he won two titles. We, I mean, yeah, his resume speaks for itself. There's a lot of um, his leadership, and just he—he's not your average rookie. So when he stepped in, it, it almost seemed like he had a better feel for the game as as a rookie. But he's 22 compared to Dennis uh, being in his second year, and yeah, I mean, he can shoot the ball. He can. He just he's super smart with the ball. He has a nice touch in the paint. That's the stuff that you just can't teach um that just his little floater and just how he contorts his body like on some of these drives and like fast breaks and stuff tonight there's just the iq play tonight of when he raced all the way down the floor i think this is my favorite play of the whole game he 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 raced all the way down the floor and whoever's going up for layup tried to dump it off to the uh, an open pacers player for an easy layup and brunson catches it in mid-stride jumps up turns around and throws it off the guy and like i mean it was an absolutely incredible play. And, it, yeah, it was probably my favorite play of the whole night. And that just shows you who he is. It was Darren Collison, and he almost hit him in the nuts. <laughs> <laughs> and then right after that, Maxie had that play where he, he had some hustle and got the 
uh, got a big offensive rebound too. Um, man, when, when this team has Dorian Finney-Smith, Jalen Brunson, and Maxi playing really well, and then you have Jer- you know Justin Jackson doing some interesting things, and you have um, you know Tim Hardaway Jr. hitting shots, it's like, oh man, this could you know if you get role players like that all playing well, and I know it's a, another game at home, but this team next year is going to be be fun if all those guys are playing well like they they did tonight. Yeah, I mean, because you have to ask yourself, like, what what does the next level that Brunson goes to, yeah. uh, you know, next year? And um, talking for this thing that I'm doing, you know, I spent some time with him the other day, and you know, he said, I I am literally going to watch tape all summer long. He said, I'm gonna get in, <laughs> I'm gonna get in better shape than what I am. So he said, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna watch. I'm going to binge Game of Thrones. I have not watched it. He's going to binge his like games. Like that's what he's like. I'm going to watch every single game that I played this this year. Wow. And like that, that's just like the type of guy he is. And so it's like, does he take a big step? You know, bringing back if they bring back Dorian and Maxi, you know, it, yeah, those those three guys right there are huge parts to their like that. That is your your Manchester Harrell type of like role players that play in th- those are your hopeful like Sean Livingston type of guys that you plug in get big minutes and they can be key parts to um, bigger pieces around you I'm going to do the exact same Isaac and I challenge you to do the same I'm listen to every single podcast we've done this year that ain't happening <laughs> <laughs> how many hours I texted you this other day I said how many hours have we spent podcasting over the past couple of years oh my gosh how many hours have we done on the lockdown we've done I was I was man <laughs> I was talking to a, a, a future guest on the podcast tonight Ooh. and uh somebody that's gonna be on a pod and is I was also, talking is he also worth four billion dollars <laughs> uh and uh we, he was asking about the pod he goes so all right remind me how often you do your pod I was like Every freaking day. Every day. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and they were like, oh, my gosh. I didn't know it was every day. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited to get them on the pod. But uh, what if, we haven't even, like, talked very much uh, too much, very much about it, but Wesley Matthews. Yeah, yeah. The, ret- let's, the return. Let's take, let's take a quick break. When we come back, let's talk about Wes Matthews, his headband, his hair, and his play tonight. All right, Isaac. Wes Matthews, the return. Okay. First, before we talk about anything that Wes Matthews did tonight, we have to talk about what he said before the game to Eddie Sefko. Um, I'm going to try to go find the quote because holy cow. I sent you a screenshot of it. I texted it to you. Oh, you did? Okay. Uh, man, this what he said before this game was... I mean, it was borderline graphic. It was borderline graphic what he said about Rick Carlisle and the team. This is it right here. They got to do what they got to do. Eddie Sefko, Mavs.com. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> got to plug it. But I'm still going to try to kill them, Matthew says. I'm going to try to take all their heads off. And if that ball bounces too close to Rick, I'll go for that too. Same with Cuban. If that ball bounces too close to the sideline and I can save it, he better have his hands ready. Woo! Did Wes Matthews just tell Cuban, Carlisle, and all the Mavericks to, to take these hands? catch these hands man he yeah nothing surprises you about west being that's why we i'm I'm always i think he he is the biggest uh competitor that i that i've ever not the word you use (laughs) Um, yeah it is (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) 
that I've that I've covered uh, with the Mavericks and uh, just been around and stuff. And yeah, and you know he was looking forward to that Luca matchup and guarding Luca. He and, was trying hard, man. Man, he he was chirping. I, I walked in um, when I was walking down the stairs. Luca was going through his like pregame shooting routine thing. And he was at the free throw line just, like, getting up shots. It was probably about an hour before the game started. And Wes would just finished his side uh, on the other side, obviously. And he was walking across the court. And he stopped at the corner of the court and was, like, hollering at Luca as Luca was shooting free throws. You ain't nothing. All uh, heroes shoot threes. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, yeah, I mean, it was just he was chirping. It it seemed like he was chirping from the very top. He was chirping all during the game, uh, yeah, and and man, uh, it was kind of funny because uh, Luca kind of had the last laugh with twenty six points and uh, kind of led led the game, uh, led the whole uh, both teams in scoring. So, uh, good job chirping, West Matthews. <laughs> well, how was the video tribute received? Oh man, yeah, I mean, fans. There are a lot of fans that just love Wes, and for however you feel about his his stats, his performance here and all that stuff. As a fan, you have to appreciate everything that he gave. And we have to remember, and I know they upped his contract and I get all that for him to sign after DeAndre think, but there, there was a, you know, an extra um, thankfulness for DeAndre backing out and he staying true to Dallas and saying, you know what? I'm keeping my word. I'm going there. And then on top of that, like this is where he really built himself back up, back up after the Achilles injury, and uh, we, we saw that work that when he went into uh, to come back and to come back how he did and fight through that and just I mean he is the definition of a competitor. So when his name was announced in the starting lineup, the crowd loved it, and then the video trip tribute happened and. I'm pretty sure that he said he told Brad Townsend uh, that, or if somebody at the Dallas Morning News, Brad Townsend, I think retweeted it and said that he ne- he never got one from Portland, and that you know he played five oh, years from Portland, and this was the first you know tribute that he's ever had. And you come know, on, he, Portland, he, what are we Portland? What are we doing? Yeah, so he's like super. Um, you know, he he got he sat on the bench. They kind of played this like kind of dual screen to where you could see his reaction as he watched it, and yeah, it was super cool. And it what what was really cool about the video that Mavs did um, really good with it is, um, it was a lot of charity work, and they showed a lot of he he was really invested into the city. And you know, there's a lot of, uh, talked about with you know Harrison's work with the city, but man, West did a lot of stuff too, and a lot of these things. You know, Mavericks do a bunch of outreach stuff on random days throughout the season, random off days and stuff. And, you know, sometimes it's like, hey, they're going to go, they're two players are making an appearance at this or this or going here. And then Wesley Matthews did so many of those things. And he had his own charity work also. And so the video was a combination of charity stuff in the city and then plays on the court. And yeah, it was really cool. It was really cool for everybody to look back on that. I actually have have that quote from Townsend is from the um, at well yeah it's from somebody uh, a coworker of Townsend and Wes Matthews said it felt good it really did and I was surprised not with the reception but with the tribute I played in Portland for five years and didn't get one 
He goes, no, that wasn't a shot. I'm just saying that's why I was shocked, you know. But it was great. I appreciate it. I'm grateful for all the people here in Dallas, the fans, the staff, and all my teammates. I just wish they would have lost tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, yeah. And so it was cool to see Wes again. Uh, He obviously, you know, was trying to guard Luca, and Luca did his thing. But, yeah, he's he's a fiery player. I'm excited. I I said this before the game. I was asked – uh, I was asked this about Wes and just his return and stuff, and I said, I think I could speak for most of all the Mavs fans and saying, we're excited to see him in the playoffs, and we're going to root for him. Yep. Whoever Indiana plays, we're going to be rooting for him, and uh, we wish him well come playoff time. For sure. And he had 20 tonight, too, which, hey. Yeah, dude, he he had some uh, you know deep threes tonight, and that one drive, oh my gosh, he had, a, he had a, a, an amazing like, drive. Yes, that's why I literally tweeted, I said, wait, was that Wes? Like, are we sure? Oh, man. All right. Before we go, um, we got some audio from Dirk. So we have to go through some of this because Dirk said one of the funniest things that he said all season, uh, I think. This is this is Dirk talking about uh, he, he got some back and forth with Wes before the game, and they were texting back and forth and kind of talking trash and playing up the game tonight. And uh, this, is, this is what Dirk said that Wesley Matthews said to him. Well, he, he hit me back. So I was, I was telling him. We're gonna hide Luca on him, and then um, he hit me back. The picture for me on my scouting report is uh, of George Washington. So. <laughs> <laughs> that one, that one hurt. <laughs> uh, no, I, you know, as you guys know, I love Wes. Uh, he's one of the greatest, fiercest competitors uh, I've seen here. I mean, he's a warrior, and I always said that. Uh, he'll always be uh, be a friend. I will always stay in touch. And, and it's definitely good to see him. He had echo again there. Uh, you know, if he makes that top of the key three to cut it even, even more in the lead, so he was, he was fantastic. He said, he said, on the scouting report, he texted him a picture and it had George Washington on it. <laughs> hey, you know what? George Washington crossed the Delaware, huh? Has Wes Matthews ever crossed the Delaware? Has anybody on that Pacers team ever crossed the Delaware? I don't think so. Wooden teeth? No, I don't think so. Which player probably- on the Pacers would you be least surprised had wooden teeth? You could probably stack some bricks to get to the other side. Ooh. Um, uh, who player on the Pacers that have w- wooden teeth? Kylo Quinn. Ooh, Kylo Quinn. Absolutely. Hey, was that, should he have gotten a flagrant two for that? No, I think that was just a flagrant one. He was going for the ball. I mean, you can. The I know he went for the ball, but man, the NBA is so soft nowadays. And he hit oh, he hit Luca right in the. It is stop. You can't argue that it is so soft. I know, but you can't use that as a reason to give a guy a flagrant two. Like, look, the NBA is soft, so we got to up. No, we the NBA is so soft to too because the, no, the NBA is so soft. I was saying because they call crap like that. Like, yeah. I mean, they call some stupid flagrant fouls nowadays and i'm like okay the ones that jeff van gunny gets all upset about it's kind of funny. okay comparing what happened with kyle quinn tonight to some of these other cheap flagrant fouls i mean he he drilled luca right across the face in yeah. midair so like that's why i was like but if, oh, I did know. you see the overhead view in the arena yeah. you saw the overhead view in the arena his arm was literally going towards the ball his, his face, yeah, yeah he was his, going his for the ball but... to be right between his arm and the ball <laughs> He did hit him. Definitely flagrant one for me. I don't think it was a flagrant two. Flagrant two for me is like if he after he hit him in the face, he grabbed jersey and pulled down the jersey. Just like right? pulled him down or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Something like that is a flagrant two to me. But what do we I what do we need to do to get Miles Turner in Dallas? Miles Turner for the defensive player of the year candidate did not have a great night defensively, I thought. Dwight scored out of the post how many times? 
I don't know. I just I just like Miles. I Turner. love Miles Turner too. I'm probably I'm probably gonna pick him as defensive player of the year. We also need to dedicate a future segment of the pod coming up on Dwight Powell playing pretty good. Dwight Powell is playing pretty good. Is it the role? Is it the role that he's playing? Or ha- does ever since Rick the- Carlisle changed his role to, <laughs> <laughs> I love this song. <laughs> um, All right. Oh, also, we didn't get any Sabonis. We didn't get any Sabonis, and I'm upset about that. But I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to concede. I'm going to concede the Miles Turner Sabonis argument we had at the beginning of the season. Turner Turner's been better. Know. Turner's been better this year. Uh, well, it's, I don't think it's about that big. Uh, Sabonis is a monster. It's real close. Sabonis might get six you, man of the year votes. I will tell you, Sabonis would be nice next to KP. Mm. Which one would you rather have? So if you, you get to pl- you get to pluck one, Miles Turner or Sabonis next to. Okay, well I'm gonna pick Miles Turner because I really like Miles Turner. But Sabonis would would be your rebounding guy, you know, with KP in the front court. That'd be nasty. And you got some good passes from him. I mean, yes, and people would make all the white jokes again. <laughs> okay, I made this joke earlier about talking about euros and and how they all take threes. Okay, if you Nick's, are, like, Nick's like speaking of white jokes, if you if you are watching the broadcast, legitimately after Bogdanovich hits a three, Derek Harper goes, "Well, he's all euros have the ability to hit the three. <laughs> oh goodness. <laughs> Um, what do you I think about that? Is that, um, I no, no, not all euros that I think that's a, probably an incorrect statement. Now after a paint basket last time, all the euros have the ability to make threes. <laughs> all the euros like, dang, he did not tell, he did not tell Rudy Gobert and Clint Capella about it. They did not. They did not show up to the meeting of the Euros. The Euros, when they have their monthly meeting, they did not get told that they all have the ability to hit the three. Because man, if they have the ability to hit the three, Gobert just became the best player in the NBA, right? Frank Nilikina is like, what? <laughs> no. <laughs> what are you talking about? That's why Giannis has been hitting threes recently. He's like, oh dang, I didn't realize I had this ability inside of me like, the whole what? time. All Euros can hit threes? All Euros can hit threes. Let me shoot them. They all have it. Clint Cabela, start taking some yeah. threes, man. <laughs> yeah. Australia is not in, in Europe, though, so Ben Simmons, you're screwed, bro. He took another one. He took another yeah. one last night. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, he's, he can brick them all he wants. Ooh. Okay, let's do the last two Dirk comments. Uh, this right. is about him starting. This is him. Uh, he started the last couple of games. We've talked about how he's felt better, and this is – this is how Dirk felt about starting. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's a little easier to find a rhythm, obviously. Um, you know, today, right away, that first shot of the game, uh, it was going in, and you, you feel like you're already in the, in the game, you know, off the bench for me is his new role. And, um, it's, it's a little harder. Uh, I have a lot of respect for, for guys throughout their entire careers, because like I said, you might run it up, up and down six, seven trips uh, without touching the ball, and you, know, you still got to be able to to play well and, uh, and give the team the lift. So, uh, but you know, for me, it's obviously easier to, to, to start. But you know, whatever decision might be, you know, uh, down the stretch, maybe we'll, we'll go back with Max. And whatever, whatever decision it is here, the last couple of weeks, uh, we're going to try to make it work and play well. It's easier for him. It's easier for him to start. It's easier for him. We've talked a lot about how. 
Dirk has to do this whole routine to get into the game and what it was going to be like when he was coming off the bench. And we haven't really heard too much about that routine um, very much, but him starting seems to have, have helped his shooting. And that, that could be another reason why he was struggling. I mean, he, he had a whole bunch of different things. He had the, the setback at the beginning of the year that made him miss games. And then he had the coming off the bench thing. And there's just a lot and obviously getting older. <laughs> so there's these, those three, three huge factors going against him to start this season. All in favor of Dirk Nowitzki starting every single game for the rest of the season, say aye. 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 And then this last clip is from Dirk talking about how he's feeling well now, and he was asked, does this mean he could come back next year? Yeah, I don't know. You know I haven't really thought about it. Uh, but I'd love to be there for the, for the young guys one more year. But, you know, I think it's, it depends on how the body feels. I've had some issues, obviously, this year. I had some knee swelling in the last few weeks, actually before the All Star break. So uh, it's not uh, it's not all great, um, but like I said, I am feeling better. I'm feeling a little stronger, uh, but you know I think I'm gonna make that decision later on. Um, but like I said, I think the future is bright. I think Luca and KP, if they stay healthy, stay together, uh, they should be a great combo. They should be playing great off each other. Um, both are have an incredible skill set for their size for the incredible ability playmaking ability for uh, for their size so uh, i think they should they should jail well but you know you, know, you have to see how it goes this year thank you no thank you dirk <laughs> thank you thank you dirk he so wants to play with both those guys next year <laughs> now you know I, I obviously if he if he had played imagine if he played like he has the past two weeks for the entire season I don't think we see the tributes and stuff uh, because I think there would be more of a realistic chance that he could have come back. And, you know, if that's a, you know, which he's still leaving the door open, obviously. But, you know, why a lot of people draw these conclusions is because he said for the past three or four years of health will be his thing. And even like him in that answer talking about, you know, him having the health at the beginning of the season and he even voluntarily mentioned there that you know he had some knee swelling before the all-star break and you know so like yeah i mean it's there's some body stuff in there too but uh, you love his comments about kp and luca and and all that stuff and i just yeah it's hard to think about these last you know couple months and if this is it for Dirk because i don't know i've just been really been thinking about it a lot over the past week and i don't know you kind of get sad about it and it's gonna be a it's gonna be a don't you cry on this podcast it's gonna be a difficult pod that last pod for the last game yeah don't cry yet save it save the tears Isaac. <laughs> save them for the last game all right there you go it's like you've had fiery Isaac. you've had all these different versions of me and uh soggy like, tears isaac soggy tears there you go guys thanks so much for listening to locked on mavs peace out boom <laughs>